a shot of wrestling episode 73 and away we go i but their freestyles and stone cold stunting and hitting the attitude adjustment. Brothers of destruction, Undertaker came. Sit in the fire or get cool like Roman brain. Give this dude love and you got my back. Man, you're so kind and hit that cactus jack. It's Patty Yag, the face that runs the place now. So phenomenal and I'm breaking the walls down. You're about to get hit. We going off the script. If you don't submit, you get hit with the super kick. We talk at WWE. It's a shot of wrestling with Green Man and MJT. It's a shot of wrestling coming to you pre-recorded from Omega Studios. On tonight's show, the return of games with Michael J. Putty. And our exclusive interview with Capital Wrestling's own Matthew Ryan Shapiro. I'm the Green Man, and along with me each and every week, he's been down with the SOW since day one-ish. He is your host, Michael J. Putty. I don't, I don't, get, I don't get that reference. You've been down for this show... You, you're the iron horse of the show. You have not missed an episode. It's 73 episodes in a row that yeah. Michael J. Putty has been in attendance here. 73 up, 73 down. And we have a great show. I am vacation bad. <laughs> but I can't do that to you listeners. Green men all alone? Oof, no way. Do you trust me? No, I do not. We, we have a great show for everybody tonight. Okay. Um, how was your week before we get started on the show? How, was, how you been? How you been? It was still fantastic. I'm fantastic. I'm cloud nine. <laughs> Last week's show was amazing. We got a lot of great hits. A lot of people following. New followers coming to a shot of wrestling. So if it is the first time that you're joining us on these airwaves, what we do here is we take shots and we talk wrestling. So hopefully by the end of the show, you're nice and drunk. And um, you've gotten all your aggression about how great Raw is and how much SmackDown sucked. Or um, maybe you got your wrestling fill with the interview, the exclusive interview we had with Matthew Ryan Shapiro. Um, Who knows? Maybe we'll bring some ladies along on a shot of wrestling ride. Who knows where everything's going to go this evening? But that's what we do here on A Shot of Wrestling, episode 73. Yeah, great. Did you think you'll make it this long? No. <laughs> and we're on our way to episode... I mean, I thought I would. <laughs> I didn't think you would. We're on our way to episode 100, I have to say. We're going to have a big party for that show. It, it's going to be mind-blowing. It's going to be amazing. Amaze balls. Crazy shit's going to go down that you don't even want to believe. Imagine. it. It is going to be epic. Okay? But I have to... Change the plans because our interviewer, our interview this week with Matthew Ryan Shapiro, he's been paying the bills for these past few weeks, and he wants to change things up a bit here at A Shot of Wrestling. He doesn't want us to go through the In the News or the Raw and SmackDown Cheers and Heels train. He wants us to get right into the nitty-gritty. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen, our interview with Matthew Ryan Shapiro. Michael J. Putty, I've always wanted to do this. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight on A Shot of Wrestling, 
the Esquire of Excellence, Matthew Ryan Shapiro. Welcome. How are you, how you doing, sir? Welcome to the show. Uh, I, I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thank you for taking the time out of my busy schedule to sit down and speak with you. I'm glad you didn't want to do it in studio because I feel like green man's paint would give me hives, and I'm not necessarily a fan of having hives. No of a band of hives. Not at all, not at all. And we're also paying here by the minute because you are a busy man. So let's get right to it in a segment we like to call Then, Now, and Forever. As a fan, what was your first professional wrestling memory? My first professional wrestling memory is watching Channel 9 in New York, uh, WCW Worldwide. I was one years old. Wow. And I was sitting on my grandmother's lap watching WCW Worldwide on Channel 9. Uh, it's got to be around 1990, maybe 91. It's a very vague memory, but it's up there with uh, the Giants Bill Super Bowl is one of my earliest memories. <laughs> awesome. Um, you're a u- unique character. So what has been the evolution of this Matthew Ryan Shapiro character and who have been some of your influences? Well, uh, in, in terms, I'll, I'll go with outside of wrestling first because that's just kind of an easier path to go through. Uh, in terms of outside influences, Hunter S. Thompson plays a huge part in not only my persona, but the iconography of Matthew Ryan Shapiro. If you buy a Shapiro button or if you buy, you know, different pieces of Shapiro merch, you'll see the two thumbs fit with my face in it. Uh, that, and also if you look at Evander James, Chris Stevenson, Blackman's gear, you will see the, the freak power symbol, which is a two-thumb fist holding a peyote button, which is tattooed on my left bicep, my left uh, oh, oh. forearm. So Hunter S. Thompson, uh, Bill Hicks, George Carlin, oh, uh, those guys have had uh, Howard Stern, uh, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, uh, the latter two shows I did work for as an intern. Oh, Ron so Fez. I remember that show. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so those are, those are a lot of my heavy influences. Uh, dealing with audiences is heavy with Stern, Opie and Anthony, Ron and Fez, and also New York Sports Talk Radio. In professional wrestling, uh, obviously the, the classics, Jim Cornette, Bobby Heenan, Gary Hart, Paul Heyman, or, or Paulie Dangerously, uh, as well as other managers such as the Grand Wizard. Uh, yeah. The Grand Wizard and Jim Cornette it kind of inspired a lot of the Shapiro attire, the, the bow tie, the suspenders, the loud jacket. <laughs> You're one of the sharpest men in the industry right now, I have to say. Uh, I, 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 aside from being the Esquire of Excellence, I am the Sultan of Sartorial Splendor. <laughs> but uh, my, my biggest influence in wrestling, the reason why I'm in love with wrestling as much as I am, is Andy Kaufman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Andy Kaufman, yeah. Uh, another early memory is uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, and I was at a friend's home. I want to say I was eight years old. I was already in love with wrestling. But I remember I'm from Hollywood, the doc, the the faux dog, the mockumentary about Andy Kaufman's time in Memphis, directed by my now friend Lynn Margulies, uh, about Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler's feud, mm-hmm. which completely changed my whole worldview on professional wrestling and gave me this this passion for it that still exists over 20 years later. Yeah, that's cool. Sounds like you're you're madly deeply in love. 
love affair with wrestling. I love it. Um, the first time we got to see you uh, was at an ICW one night stand, one night only show, which was at the Elks Lodge. And you had the opportunity uh, to be with an ECW original, the legend Louis, Joey Styles. Were, what other opportunities, looking back at your career so far, would you have say would have been a highlight? Oh, well, yeah, calling matches with Joey Styles as a, as a broadcaster, because before I got into professional wrestling, I was a broadcaster. I, was, I, I still am a college sports announcer uh, for various colleges in the New York metro area as a public address and play-by-play announcer. So announcing play-by-play has been something that's a passion of mine since I was a really, really young person. Uh, so working with Joey was a, and Joel, just to be around those two was a distinct honor. Uh, Samoa Joe is probably one of my five favorite professional wrestlers of all time. And I was able to call Samoa Joe matches, oh, which wow. one of his last, so that to me is something that I will hold with me for the rest of my career. Uh, working in the Elk Lodge, or it, it, more importantly to me, working in the Hammers, calling matches in the Manhattan Center, the Hammerstein Ballroom, and the ECW Arena while working for Ring of Honor are probably three things that are amazingly important and, you know, uh, really, really special to me. And now, uh, Capital Wrestling is probably my greatest uh, joy and accomplishment just because of the amount of work we put in and the great products that we get to produce every single week and the live events we have, those those are the things that really bring me joy. And to develop talent with Chris, Smooth, Evander, Big Daddy Cruz, all these guys that I work with and speak to on a daily basis, being able to provide whatever it is that I know about professional wrestling or whatever it is that I'm good at. Because I may not be the greatest wrestler, the greatest manager in the history of professional wrestling, but I feel like I have an instinct about this industry, do, yeah. and I feel like I like talking to people about wrestling. It it can be uncomfortable sometimes at parties, but when I'm eight, I, I and I I've studied sociology and the study of media is something that when we talk about this off the air is something that is you know ingrained in me, and I've studied Stuart Hall and I've studied all these other things. So it's the building of something, the un down the nuances of professional wrestling that are very interesting to yeah. me the story is always the thing that's most important yeah and there there's some of the guys that you recently just mentioned um who are part of this circle of trust that few men are have the privilege to be part of you mentioned rob Blatt, ryan the new york wrecking crew are there any other talents that you would want to put into this trust well there's well the trust is something that was born out of just right place right time now the truck the name the trust has its lineage in the history of new york professional wrestling because in the early 20th century when professional wrestling was really growing nationally the gold dust trio based out of new york involving Kutzmont, uh was also called the trust they were the trust of professional wrestling. So I was developing this group when I was in House of Glory. We, when we, when the trust originally developed, it was Big Daddy Cruz, Chris Seaton, Smooth Blackman, and now it's Evander James and Seaton and Blackman. And I felt that that would be, you know, it's obviously the play on words and all these other things. But I felt like if we're going to do something in New York and we're going to evoke this kind of old school ass kicker ideology. 
and also I'm a charlatan, according to some people. You you evoke that you evoke that very vague memory, but to those who get it, they'll understand it. Uh, in terms of people I want to manage, there are there is a list too long to mention, but I, I've managed Ken Broadway in Futures now. I would love to do that again. Mm-hmm. Ken's one of the best wrestlers in the area right now. Uh, Colossal Mike Law. I, I love Mike Law, and working with Mike would be a treat. Paul Jordan mm-hmm. is six foot eight and out of Maryland. He's an MCW now, and you'll see him on Capitol Wrestling Television in a few weeks. I won't say where, but Paul Jordan is a guy that it's a shot of wrestling exclusive here. <laughs> yeah, Paul Jordan and Ken Dixon are two guys out of Maryland that can cause a lot of ruckus. Them and Joe Keys would be guys that I'd really like to manage. It's it's hard to say. Oh, I'd love to manage this guy, or I'd love to manage that guy because there's so much great talent out there. It's more in line of how do you make a talent better? Because yeah. when you're a manager, you're not, you're 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 accentuating their presentation. You're adding to what they already have, and you're improving upon it or helping it grow. So my job as a ma- as a producer or a manager is to okay. How do I make this guy better? Mm-hmm. How do I make him better? And you, you just, you can't just spout off whatever it is. Oh, I'd like to work with. Of course, there's so many guys I'd like to work with, but how many of them are going to be able to take what I teach them or take what we can do together and go to another level? There, that's the hard question. Your mind is in an amazing place to live in, too. I mean, all the things that creatively that if you check. Uh, just do a random search for Matthew Ryan Shapiro and all the YouTube videos and all the information that comes out for you. It's just so creative. You know, there's very few people in the indie wrestling um, scene right now who invest so much, not only in themselves and putting themselves over, but putting, like you said, there's other people that you want to find a way to accentuate. And, and your mind is just so creative in the way it works um, to put out all that content. It's just, it's really amazing. So thank you on that. Well, th- thank you for the compliment. It's, it's greatly appreciated. I don't sleep much, so <laughs> the secret to success. It, yeah, it comes. It comes. It comes with all you know, five six hours sleep. And when you're sitting on your when you're on when you're at lunch and you're basically trying to run a company or run it run your business from a Starbucks sitting with your laptop and you exist off your iPhone. That's the that's the pain in the ass. That's the that's the kick in the dick. That's like what you're working towards is to do all those things. Yeah. So Abel just mentioned your your great creative mind, as we can just tell in this few minutes talking to you, you have a great wrestling mind as well, both of the current product well, and you. the uh, wrestling history. So what is your opinion on the current state of professional wrestling? Oh, that is it. That is an answer that comes with a lot of caveats. You have 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy the current WWE product. Obviously, it could be better. Um, it, there could be a lot of different ways to implement different storytelling techniques or taking classic, you know, classic wrestling archetypes and integrating it into what they have. I think the talent base for professional wrestling is the richest it's been in maybe 30 years. Yeah. I think that there's there's more potential now for wrestling than there was 20 years ago. I think that wrestling is better now than it was during the Attitude Era. 
mm-hmm. and a lot of people romanticize the Attitude Era. And you know, as a kid who grew up during that time period, loving Steve Austin, of course I love that stuff. That's the wrestling I grew up on. But I also then turned 13, found Mid Atlantic and Mid South, and I'm like, oh, there's better stuff or more interesting, thought-provoking stuff. Yeah. Or as a kid who watched. My first ECW show was barely legal. Like the first ECW show I ever watched wow. was the pay per view, and I wrote about it uh, for the Capital Wrestling Medium. Uh, me and my uh, creative partner Marcus Dowling, the co-creator of Capital Wrestling, we will write maybe once or twice a week about our experiences or our opinions on professional wrestling, whether it's the globalization of the business or the things that really made us who we are. I think the potential better than it's ever been and it's really on the creators the bookers the producers the talent to take wrestling to that bigger level to take it to the stage where the young bucks are selling their clothes at freaking hot topic mm-hmm. we're yeah. seeing we're seeing so many different portions of wrestling is a niche fan base your wrestling is never going to be at the level of the national football no matter as much as we love it there are certain realities within wrestling we have to come to grips with, and that's one of them. And when we look at the world of professional wrestling in 2017, it's about potential, it's about content, and it's honesty. And I'm not just saying, you know, completely be honest, but it's like being honest with your characters, being honest with your presentation, being honest to who the best self each character can be and allowing those characters to tell their stories being those allowing us to embrace who they are mm-hmm. that's kind of where wrestling needs to go in terms of we need to allow the personalities to be personality yeah i think that's one of the th- things that recently just worked with the samoa joe segment with 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 Paulie, where he, you know, approached him and just whispered very closely to him about what was going to happen to him in the ring, and it's just like that—the honesty that you were explaining about—that really connected with me. I don't know if it connected with anybody else, but it definitely made something oh, no, different for me. It was—it was probably my favorite segment of television they've done in quite a long yeah. time, and I am biased because it involves two your, people your guy. I have a very yeah. high opinion of. You're a Paul Hammond guy. So, it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, I love I love Paul Hammond. I I'm I am unabashed in my love and adulation for Paul <laughs> Heyman. I I wrote about how barely legal that pay per view changed my life. ECW really changed my 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 life when it comes to how I view wrestling and the different like just your attachment to it. Yeah. And the emotional like the the raw emotional nerve because I missed I miss the 80s. I was born in 1989, so I miss all the 80s good shit. So everything after that, like ECW was the thing until I found Ring of Honor uh, in 05 or 06. The first Manhattan Center show. Mm-hmm. That was the first show I ever went to. Uh, Kenta versus Danielson on top. So for indie shows, for that to be my first independent wrestling show is not that bad. Um, piggybacking off that, where can you see yourself, Matthew Ryan Shapiro, fit in with uh, the WWE programming today? Oh, that's I would love to manage the revival. God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. You just got me excited. Damn. I just got like wood Dawson. over here. That that I would love to see that. <laughs> Dash and Dawson, those guys are astounding, and I would love to work with them. But, uh, yeah, the WWE isn't looking for managers. 
And while that sucks, I would I would love to I would love to call matches on NXT. I'd love to be on SmackDown. I, I, anywhere where I could be the best benefit to the company. That's that's kind of where I am. Anywhere where I can be the best benefit and be the best investment for the WWE, because that's the question you have to ask yourself. Yeah. When you enter any type of field, especially in media and in the art, where do I best fit? Like, for football, for example, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack has moved from linebacker to defensive lineman and back, and he's been supremely successful because he did what the team needed to do. Kaz Matsui, for those who are Mets fans, yeah, bit of an asshole, and would not move to second base and allow Jose mm-hmm. Reyes, who's also an asshole, to mature as a shortstop. That's why the Mets sucked a little bit in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. The other part was Mike Piazza being an asshole and not moving to first base. But beyond that... Uh, I'm glad you're saying it and not me, because <laughs> it, it would ensue an I argument, I, I, a fight I, I, right here with Michael J. Putty, one of the <laughs> die-as-hard Mets fans, and biggest uh, Mike Piazza yeah. marks, I would think, out there. Mark, I, Mark. I, I, I am sadly a New York Mets fan, but I am not a Mike Piazza. I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. You just said um, the WWE is not looking for managers. So, in your opinion, why do you think it's such a like a lost art form? It, it's it's because there's not a lot of people do. There's not a lot of people doing it. There's not a lot of people teaching it. And this is a shitty thing to say, but managers are looked at as an afterthought. If you look at professional wrestling, how many companies? Because wrestling says, "Yeah, you should be your managers in the WWE. They should be your managers in the WWE." Where are they on the independent? Yeah. Where are they? Yeah. Where are the great, like, in terms of great professional wrestling managers? There's, and I'm not going to put my. I'm not just saying this because it's me. Myself, Sidney Bacabella, Larry Dallas, Neil Sharkey. Marcus Dowling, there's five great independent managers, mm-hmm. but that's in New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Virginia. There's also there's, there's Big Stoke, and there's Truth Martini, but that's seven. Seven. Just in professional wrestling in this country. How many people can name 15 professional wrestling managers? Not many. Oh. Not at this no. time and age either. They're, WWF in the 80s had a condo line of man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you build wrestlers over, over them. Like the, the Heenan family, I mean, you know, like the elites, you know, would go into that. Um, let's go a little bit outside of the ring. Uh, what are your passions outside of the ring? Uh, man, that's hard. Uh, honestly, it's, uh, it's building my broadcasting career, mm-hmm. uh, working in sports uh, in terms of like professionally, like my passions professionally is. Broadcasting, uh, I've been doing sports podcasting for as long as I've been in broadcasting. Uh, comedy, I, I love, I love comedy. Uh, trying to find time in the day to relax. Uh, I with am all the things you're mentioning. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a recovering news junkie. Uh, I'm a, I'm staring at my Associated Press award, uh, literally, uh, in my trophy case right now at my house, and I'm just, just want to break it because I hate the news, but yeah. uh, it's sports is a very big thing in my life. Uh, sports culture, spending time with the, those who are closest to me, those are the things that I'm passionate about. Uh, yeah, civil causes, 
there's a lot of great, you know, organizations that I try to dedicate a little bit of time to. There are people in my life who are doing greater things than I could ever imagine in terms of helping in social justice and helping the wrongfully convicted or helping the poor or helping anybody who needs it. And, and that's something that I really wish I had the ability to do at least better. I wish I had a better way to help others. And I guess that's just that's true wrestling. Yeah. Uh, well, we're, congratulations, by the way, on an amazing show. Before we Thanks. forget about that, this man had put together Capital Wrestling show out in Jersey City, right? Yeah. At, at one of yes, the. Sir most amazing looking cathedrals like that in itself is, is part of the reason the ambiance that you create around that wrestling show was amazing um and the next one you're starting a book uh with capital wrestling going versus the lucha libre uh it's looking yeah. to be off to a great start so tell us a little bit about what goes into creating such a great show well capital wrestling is a very cohesive venture. It's cr it was created by myself and my creative partner, longtime friend and mentor, Marcus Dowling. Uh, Marcus is based out of D.C. I'm based out of New York. And we were looking for the next great area for wrestling to grow and expand out of. And we looked at, we looked around. Uh, New York is, it's very populated right now by companies such as House of Glory. So we didn't want to run in New York. Uh, I'm very appreciative of House of Glory allowing me the opportunity to work with them and be the be the voice of not only their DVDs and their VODs, but also their their TV show HOG uh, Live every Friday night at 8 p.m. on their Facebook channel. Uh, it was me and Marcus seeing Hudson County in New Jersey, which is right across the river from New York, a 15-minute train ride from either 33rd Street. Mm -hmm. or World Trade Center, whether you're going to Jersey City or Hoboken. Yeah. And we saw a bunch of great talent that have not faced each other before, and we saw an entire region looking for something different. And both Marcus and I are huge devotees of ECW and territorial wrestling. And if obviously, if you haven't noticed by the Shapiro character, a lot of it's influenced by you know, different facets of 80s wrestling. Yeah. And we we came up with this idea, Capital Wrestling. The idea of Capital Wrestling was four years in the making, but it took a promo from Joe Kazana's All-Star Wrestling in, I want to say, Chattanooga, Tennessee from 1971. I was sitting at my old job at the National Hockey League, mm -hmm. and I was sitting at my desk, and I just was watching stuff on YouTube, one morning last December, and I'm like, "Oh, oh shit! This is this is what I want our TV. This is what I want Capital Wrestling to be." Yeah. And and that from that day until January first, we got in the motion building the roster, building the look of it, trying to find the right venue, and we've been fairly successful so far. First two shows have been a success. We have we have great network partners in the guys from Queens Network. Uh, Pivot Share has been a major, major, major help to our company, our patrons on Patreon, and also Eric Bischoff and Nick Houseman over at the IRW Network. Those guys have been great to work with, and you can watch our content there every single week, uh, whether you subscribe or if you subscribe to us on YouTube or Facebook. 
you'll be able to watch stuff on there and see talent you may know from Ring of Honor, talent you might know from the New York indie scene, or you may find your new favorite professional wrestler from Virginia or D.C. or Maryland or, you know, Indiana. Like, our territory runs from as far north as Maine to as far south as South Carolina. Wow. Awesome. Um, going back to what Abel, you, you, Abel was mentioning before, uh, the trust, the, those guys that you mm. are very high on and work with. But outside of those guys, what are some of the names that you think are ready to go now and ready to be uh, part of the WWE? Uh, Sonny Kiss. I can say that unequivocally. Sonny Kiss is probably one of the most dynamic individuals I've ever met in professional wrestling. Uh, Sonny Kiss. Great moveset. Great. He he definitely has a full package right now. He grabs your attention as soon as he comes out. Oh, yeah. He, He grabs you. Sonny Kiss. Anthony Gangone, Preston Quinn, Mike Law, Max Sells. Max Sex Sells. If you've not seen him in Pro Wrestling Magic, Capital Wrestling, he's tag teams. He's a team with Smiley and Capital Wrestling. They're sex crazed. And if you've not seen them yet on television, if you've not come to see them at Cathedral Hall or anywhere we're running Capital Wrestling events, you, you need to watch It's Always Sunny in Matt Lana. You just need to watch Matt Sells be Matt Sells. And he's a guy that just gets it. He gets it. Yeah. And is someone that I I just love working with and I love watching. Oh, keep an eye out. Well, Michael J. Putty, I think Matthew Ryan Shapiro is a reigning now star. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you are one of the few people in the scene that when I go or when anybody talks about, you know, all these uh, wrestlers or um personalities that are out there who grabs your attention your name is definitely in the mix oh definitely ken broadway you mentioned earlier also stud as soon as he walks out of the curtain i you know i believe in him like i want to be in his corner leo rush is another one for me that's also a big name great to see in the ring um matthew if uh we wanted to follow you on social media or anywhere and reach out to you how would we do that well, you can follow me on Twitter at M. Ryan Shapiro. You can also find me on Facebook by searching Matthew Ryan Shapiro. I do not have Instagram, and if you try to slide in my DMs, I'm going to make you cry. <laughs> and now Capitol Records is the next big thing. So give us, uh, let us know when is the next time we will be able to catch a Capitol Wrestling show. Yeah, Capital Records. That's what Got I'm a little confused. Yeah. Sorry about that, Michael J. No worries. Capital Wrestling returns to Hudson County. July 29th, the venue, if you haven't seen it already, will be announced as soon as humanly possible. Oh, this episode is recorded three weeks from now. So, Capital Wrestling will be coming to the Hudson County area. Find out where and get your tickets at Facebook.com slash Capital Wrestling or go to Capital Lucha, Capital spelled with an O, dot brownpapertickets.com. Already signed for that event. Maxwell Jacob Friedman making his long way to Capital Wrestling debut against DJZ. And also we'll see the colossal Mike Law, the intergender world champion of the known universe, go up against in non-title action the Laredo Kid. And in our main event from Lucha Underground and AAA, Drago takes on the rogue Anthony Gangone. It is a best of three series, a best of three series between Capital Wrestling and all of Lucha Libre. Tickets start at only 20 bucks. CapitalLucha.BrownPaperTickets.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Capital Wrestling. That's R-E-E-W-R-E-S-T-L-I-N. 
Leave off the last G for goodness, Capital <laughs> Wrestling. Uh, Facebook.com slash Capital Wrestling or Capital Wrestling on Instagram. I gotta tell you, twenty bucks is a steal for a Gango and Drago match. I have to say, a steal. And if you want to be the ring announcer of that match, we have VIP packages starting at only forty-five dollars. I believe starting at fifty dollars, you get a VIP meet and greet. You get a Capital Wrestling T-shirt. You get the Capital Wrestling poster. If you want the supreme VIP package, which includes a reserved seat in the first three rows. As well as the T-shirt, the poster, a Capital Wrestling button, and the opportunity to ring announce one of the eight matches for Capital Wrestling versus Lucha Libre on July 29th. You're going to go to CapitalLucha.BrownPaperTickets.com. Well, I have a very uh, strong feeling that we could sit here and talk to you all night, but uh, <laughs> uh, definitely you're very really, really interesting and uh, very knowledgeable. And, but we can't; it was overpaying by the hour, so we're going to let minute. you go, by the minute. I'm Shapiro. sorry. We're going to let you go for now, but uh, please come back anytime you want. Anytime you want to promote a show, our door is always open. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Um, take care. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you, guys. It's In the News with Michael J. Putty and the Green Man. Well, 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 Michael J. Putty, for the first time ever. In a shot of wrestling, it's been 73 episodes, and, and we've been getting kind of lonely in here. We need some women's opinion up in the SOW showroom in the Omega Studios. So we have tonight, Erica. Erica, there is a lot to talk about this evening. Paige and Alberto Del Rio are still making the headlines. So give us just your general opinion about what you think about this dynamic duo. It's gross. What's so gross about it? I, I think they're they're a great couple. They're beautiful together. Um, not when he could be her father. Well, I mean, and she has really pasty skin. Ooh, you hating on the skin? There's okay. no, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong <laughs> it's with like that. Having sex with powder. What's what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? I don't understand. I don't see the parent. Michael J. Putty's getting a little offended because he's a little pasty himself. Yeah, yeah, he's just white, which is different from pasty. Like, you're talking about a white person versus, like, baby powder. Now, Erica, you mentioned the age difference between Del Rio and Paige. Now, he's 40. She's about 23. Uh, what is the oldest person you've ever dated? <laughs> uh, dated, dated, or just, like, had sex with? <laughs> well... Uh, I didn't know there was two answers to that question. But uh, let's just go with data for right now. Oh, okay. Then um, just three years older than me. Okay. See, I could understand why you're disgusted uh, at the age difference. Yeah, because you're going to have like wrinkly dick. Yeah, it's like weird. Very weird. Very weird. But this is a wrestling podcast. Michael J. Putty, hit us with the news that made headlines this past week. Alberto Del Rio was detained by police at the Orlando airport after an incident involving Paige. Uh, yeah. We're, we're getting the girls being, here at the down. Omega Studios are really excited because we got Lady J in the house. Lady J is from the Orlando area. Lady J, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, green man? We're doing great. Michael J. Pray, sorry for the interruption. Go right ahead. Did you fly in from the Orlando airport? I certainly oh. did. When? When did you come in? Yesterday. Oh, then you missed this. 
Uh, he was detained by police in what is described as a domestic violence battery case. No, he did not. He hit her? Though no one was arrested at the time. Page did he hit her? issued the following statement. There's more. Explaining what happened. So she received a phone call about her uncle who was dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was crying. They, he hugged her and consoled her. He said something stupid, and they ended up fighting. And he ended up saying something even worse. He wished death upon her uncle. He did not wish death upon her uncle. Which set her off. She ended up throwing her drink in his face. Rightfully so. And then a witness called the police. He deserved to catch According to hands. Paige, it was her. According to Paige, it was her, not Del Rio, who was being held for battery charges, being that she was the one who threw the drink, and he never actually touched her. I have bullshit.com, though. What's that? That sounds like bullshit.com. That sounds like somebody who is pretending that they're not getting abused because they don't want the other person to get in trouble for it. Her brother says there is photo proof that she has been abused. I believe it. I believe it, too. I think she is trying to protect him. So that something bad doesn't necessarily happen to him. And she's victimizing him when she's really the victim here. And he sounds like he's a piece of shit. Well, her brother did take to Facebook. There was also audio release, Michael J. Putty. Now, a lot of the wrestling universe has heard this audio. It's very raw. It, It really goes into Paige yelling to Alberto Del Rio saying, you need to get away with him away with from me Alberto Rio says I'm gonna get you arrested and she was like please just just get me get me arrested just so I could get away from you and 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 the cries for help I mean someone needs to help Paige but Paige needs to help herself actually she is in an industry where she's a public figure and a lot of people look up to her especially like young women and it's really disheartening to me that she can't get it together and really pull herself out of the situation that's actually the biggest problem with domestic violence right now is that women aren't even being honest about it and they're just letting it happen to themselves because they feel so bad or they're making excuses i think that this guy is probably just a huge douche and he saw her crying out for help way before they even got involved which she was and she's really young and impressionable and I think that he's probably he probably just took advantage of that situation and then has helped her alienate herself from her family and from her friends so that she feels alone and that this is the only person that she's going to have and that's probably why she's like arrest me because she probably doesn't see any other way out of it Lady J I agree with Erica 100%. I think that she definitely um, is in this situation with him. And it's not a 40-something or 40-year-old woman doing it with him because he's not going to be able to get away with that shit. The bottom line is you need to find somebody who's 17 years younger than you to accept that kind of behavior and BS. And what they do is that they play mind games. And like Erica said, they put you in a situation where you think that there is nothing other than this piece of crap in front of you and let me just add that i seen a video or two and this guy looks like a freaking heroin addict base head something isn't right there that also has been making some news like are they taking drugs there's a lot of concern around that as well we've seen uh the real I, <laughs> I think they absolutely are both taking drugs 
Does drugs have an effect in their behavior? Or uh, does drugs even condone the behavior of Alberto Del Rio? Drugs don't condone anything. He's responsible for his actions. He's 40 years old. He's a grown-ass man. He needs to get it together. Now, what drugs will do is alter her state of mind, make it a little bit easier for her to deal with the BS, for her to deal with the abuse, whether it's emotional, physical, or whatever the situation, or whatever the situation is. Michael J. Putty, anything else to report on the Paige and Del Rio saga? I feel like... They're just supplying us with so much great content this past week. Um, his employer, GFW, has suspended him indefinitely pending an ongoing investigation. Of what? Of what? Uh, domestic violence battery charges well, then, stemming yeah. from the incident. Rightfully so. That does not excuse Paige's behavior. Let's not keep let's keep that in mind, okay? Because he could be a piece of garbage or whatever the case is, but she's also a grown woman. And she needs to be accountable for her actions and her situation. And the, the same way she got herself into the situation, she needs to put her big girl panties on and walk her ass right on out. That's right, big girl panties. Big girl panty page. Um she also uh, took it to, to her Twitter where she explained the whole situation, Michael J. Putty. After the incident and after the audio went through and went viral, uh, she went in and kind of stood up for her man. She said it was, com- it was completely her fault. She was the one that was antagonizing the situation. That there's no reason why her privacy wa- was being... Why, why someone would even try to capture that into that moment between them two. And it's shameful for the woman who captured that audio about their fight in the Orlando airport. So, ladies, how do you feel about Paige turning back into supporting her man in this situation? I think she's a coward. I think she's just being cowardly. Honestly, like, it's it sounds like to me that she's just, like... She has no idea what she's doing in her life. And I don't know any girl that is sane or confident in themselves that they would just get into an argument and not even take give some of the blame to the other person. It's always 50-50 in a relationship, or it should be. But even if it isn't, and even if you're wrong 80% or 90%, there's always like a battle going back and forth. So like for somebody to say this I'm 100% to blame. It's like an immature thing to say because that's like not a real thing. I think I think it's sad. I think it's sad and I think that um, she just she eventually is going to get to the point where she's either going to say this is going to be the rest of my life and I'm going to continue to deal with this or I've had enough and she will eventually hopefully get up and walk away from the situation so I mean before before it kills her Erica's completely right before it kills her hopefully she will you know get, get some sense she's only how old 22, 23 years old she's so young she's still very very young you know she, she has so much to learn this is probably one of her first real real relationships I understand that she's jumped from guy to guy in the past or whatever the case is I'm not sure um, but it seems like this is the relationship that has kind of stuck for how long now do we know it's been a good year a good yeah. better half of so we're talking about we're talking about almost a year let's say that's a substantial amount of time um, once she realizes you know that she there is something else better out there for her she has other options and you know what at the end of the day she doesn't even need a man let's be honest she can be out there, be single, and do her thing and live a great life. So we just hope that, um, you know, she, she wakes up because, like I said, it's sad. At best. 
sad at best. Sad at best. Lady J laying down some truth on a shot of wrestling. And if there are other relations she wants to get with, I mean, she did make headlines with her uh, porn video that got leaked with two other wrestlers, one Mr. Xavier Woods and Brad Maddox. So, um, Brad, ma- 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 Brad Maddox also beat her, too. <laughs> Ooh. According to her brother. Well, what, how? How does her brother know? Who's her brother? Where is he? How does he know all this? I'm being honest. How does he know all this information? How, according to her brother, well, how? What's happening here with the brother? It, it, the, is, the is her brother just like too much involved in her life? My brother better be beating some ass. If anybody puts their hands on me one time, my brother better be there whooping ass left and right. Not going around to, oh, well, he beat her too. Well, actually, yeah, she fucked this guy and they made a porno and it was leaked. And guess what? He beat the shit out of her too. Now she's with this guy. Yeah. And he beat her up too. That's bullshit. I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, it's kind of like. I have three younger brothers, and I don't expect them to get into my own adult relationships. Like, I don't need them to get involved. It's up to me to decide what I'm good enough for and what's good enough for me. So at the same time, you know, like, yeah, of course people love you and they're going to have their opinions. But if my brother really came to me and told me, I don't approve of this person or that person or I don't want you with that person, I'd kind of be like, listen, take a seat. Take multiple seats. So, you know, I, I don't really think that that's... Although, in a perfect world, yeah, everybody would protect one another and get involved and stop something. But you can't really stop, like, a volcano or, like... I, and I consider myself something like, you know, I'm an independent person. So, it's like, I make my own fucking decisions. Nobody's going to tell me what to do, right or left. I agree with you 100%. But if my brother's not stepping in to my corner and he's not involved in my business, it's my business that he needs to keep his fucking mouth shut. He shouldn't be putting my business out there in the streets either. So right now, we're, we're all agreeing here on A Shot of Wrestling that, you know, her brother just either needs to go all in or be all out. Either he needs to go in and kick Alberto Del Rio's ass. What is that again? Shit or get off the pot. You sound like my wife every morning. <laughs> like in the fucking bathroom, shit or get off the pot. But yeah, he's got to be all in or all out. Michael J. Putty in other news. Well, on the topic of GFW... During a recent conference call, Jeff Jarrett was asked if the title is vacant at the moment. Mm. Jarrett wouldn't comment much on it, as there, like we just said, a current investigation going on. He also stated that the title is the least important in regards to the situation. Jarrett said he has been in contact with Alberto and his representatives. Jarrett says it is a priority to keep top guys within the company. He also then went on to say that they are looking into doing pay-per-views outside of the impact zone, pending financial direction. They will start with the live events first and go from there. Jared is taking the pointers from the WWE with GFW brand being more sponsor friendly. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Something Impact didn't do, eh? <clears throat> That's right, eh? Now the news, eh? Well, while we're speaking of TNA, Jerry the King Lawler revealed on his latest episode of Dinner with the King that TNA's Jeff Jared contacted him when the WWE decided to remove him from weekly television. During that time... He said, and I quote, I did get a call from Jeff Jarrett just saying, hey, we were just wondering if you re-signed with the WWE or not. If it was one of those things that I got right back to him and I said, I did re-sign with the WWE when asked about 
Jarrett wanting to possibly bring King and JR together in TNA, well, without a doubt. I'm sure that's what was in their minds, and it was possibly in the minds of JR as well. Michael J. Putty, do you see Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross a combo outside of the WWE? No. 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 Their, their voices are just too... Like, they're just too threaded in the brand of the WWE. Like, it would feel weird if they were outside. A for effort, though. Yeah, good try. In other news, WWE has signed former Ring of Honor star Leo Rush. He is expected to report to the NXT at some point next week. Rush is a former tag team champion with Maryland Championship Wrestling, along with Patrick Clark, who competed in the most recent season of Tough Enough. That's right. And currently competes in NXT as the Velveteen Dream. Mm. Ring Rust reunited again. Ring Rust Radio interviewed Rush last week, where he was asked about his interest with the WWE. And I quote: "Of course, I feel like everybody's long-term goal should be the WWE. If you hear if you hear anybody say the WWE would never be in my main goal, that's complete bullshit. We all grew up watching it. There wasn't any other thing on TV other than the WWE. WWE was the main reason many of us actually wanted to become pro wrestler. My interest in the E again is through the roof." Hmm. It's, I mean, it's a great point. As we heard earlier in our interview with Capital Wrestling's own Matthew Ryan Shapiro, you could see a lot of the influences that he has in his organization were part of the WWE, old WCW, old NWA. So, um, yeah, I completely agree. Every wrestler that I've ever spoken to, they're even fans. The, the product is, is just so enriched in in our life at this point that I completely agree with Leo Rush. You you be lying, you you be you be a denier to say that it was not because of the WWE that you would want to go there. Uh, in other news, well, Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated claimed that the New England Patriots were trying to secure a WrestleMania for Gillette Stadium, but were turned down by the WWE. Another possible venue that was turned down was the Red Sox bid to the host SummerSlam at Fenway Park. An NXT event at Fenway Park, however, is still a possibility. Michael J. Putty, Boston, not too far away from New York City. Do you see yourself traveling to Fenway? No. No. You do not want no. to see a WWE event. I mean, that's oh, that's history. It's I'm like not, I'm not going to see SummerSlam at Barclays right next door. Why would I go to Boston, dude? It's it's like his, it, it literally it would be historic. It's like WWE coming. I mean, they did Shea Stadium back in the days. WWE coming to Yankee Stadium, huge headline, huge. Okay, not interested. Well, in other it. news, did it in Seattle for WrestleMania 19, and, and they've done all great right, venue great. too. Yeah, right, in other news. According to Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer Radio, Austin Aries apparently didn't ask for his release from the company and has, has had been previously reported. He was said to be incredibly unpopular with the creative team and he himself not happy with the direction of his character, which I totally agree with. Absolutely. He has a standard 90-day release in effect, which means he will get his downside until early October. So, um, yeah, it sucks. Looks like he needs more fire and he's uh, not happy about it, though, but uh, he is happy about it. Do you, so do you, for them? Do you um, classify him in the same group as a CM Punk, a Stone Cold, no, no. Um, who just packed up his things and wanted to leave? No. They, they walked out. He was fired. Where do you see him ending up next? 
I don't care. TNA, Ring of Honor. The uh, Elks Lodge. Prob- probably a Ring of Honor. I would think that would be a good spot for him. I, I mean, I, from the get-go, I completely disagreed that Austin, I, Austin Aries should have been put in the cruiserweight division. He was a top star uh, coming in. And, I mean, this is to your point, Michael J. Perry. You've mentioned that before. If the WWE does not put Finn Balor in the cruiserweight division, then they have no merit in that division. Like, they don't believe strongly in it. They don't believe that it could actually be something. And... It's a shame that they had to pigeonhole someone like Austin Arias and his talent in that division. Uh, another news. Steve Austin recently spoke about WWE needing competition on his latest podcast episode. First of all, he said, I think competition is paramount. I wish there was another WCW around. It was so fun back in the Monday Night Wars to go head to head with those guys. They were pulling out everything but the kitchen sink. We were doing the same, and they kicked our ass in the ratings for about two years. Then we turn around, turn the tables around, and the product was at its absolute best, or was at least striving to be from a writing perspective and the performance standpoint and from a storytelling standpoint. So competition is key. WWE is the holy grail. It is the major leagues. It always has been. And WCW put up a valid fight back in the day. Back in the day, I was in WCW fighting the WWF. So competition is king. I wish there was another federation for the WWE. Obviously, he doesn't recognize TNA as any competition. No one does. What What are your thoughts about that? Do you, do you feel like... The reason Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views have been suffering is because no competition? I don't think so. All right. Well, in other news. Speaking of WCW, on the most recent edition of Eric Bischoff's podcast, he discussed the one thing he misses most about the Monday Night Wars. Tuesday morning. Okay. And I quote, actually, Tuesday afternoon around 3 o'clock when the ratings came in, it was awesome. I was sitting there. By the phone, waiting for the information, or sitting by the computer, or waiting for an email. I was like, ugh. I was like a kid in a candy store. It was awesome. Can't imagine. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, back in the Monday Night War time, hell yeah. I mean, it was a nice perspective to see like what someone like Eric Bischoff was looking forward to. Um, sure, why not? Tuesday mornings, awesome. Another news. John Cena was asked during a fan Q&A in Australia about the reason why WWE doesn't acknowledge Chris Benoit publicly. And I really like how Cena put this, Michael J. Putty. He responded to say that very difficult question, and I'll answer it like this. Oftentimes, we get caught up in the person's ability and their performance, and this transcends WWE. This is a problem in sport. It is also a problem in entertainment. People will do bad things. But if they are good at what they do sometimes, those things are overlooked. I don't in believe that. I don't believe it either. I believe you should take ownership for your actions, all of them, not just the ones that are performed in front of an audience. I think our company stands on the entire situation, set a precedence for athletics and a precedence for entertaining 
and taking ownership for your actions. And I think that was the best way someone has ever put the Benoit situation. And the reason we really don't mention his name because hell yeah, you know, you are a performer. You, I mean, many wrestlers have said it in the past. They are role models. It's not just their life on camera. It's their life off camera that affects who they are in, in the eyes of the audience. And it, 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 it was a very bad situation. And, you know, he may have been great at one point, but that one incident completely changed the minds of a lot of people. In other news. Enzo Amore and Big Cass reportedly each have their own heat backstage in the I WWE. Heard about that, yeah. Amore was involved in a tour bus incident several weeks ago with talent regarding business. And while we haven't been able to confirm the specifics of what went down, apparently Roman Reigns stepped in and kicked him off the bus, which resulted in him being given the Miz treatment. The, the big dog. And that he has he wasn't allowed to dress in the locker room Did with the other talent. he say this is my yard? No, he was on a bus. Amori is said to be not happy with the WWE decision to split him and Big Cass up because it's hard to see where his prospects are now that he's on his own. And he's always been betrayed as a guy. You know, it's a joke. Enzo Amori's a joke. You know, he's probably going to go nowhere fast. See him in TNA like I talked about last week, right? Yeah. Well, also, Cass is on... You're distracting me. I don't know. As for Big Cass, he has some heat on him due to his politics of being a strong Donald Trump supporter in the locker room, mm. where many don't That's share those favor uh, very well with with uh, yeah. Linda McMahon. Uh, but management is super high on him, and unlike Enzo, this won't affect him in the long time. That's cool. That's weird though. N- nice inside from backstage. Thank- thanks for filling me in, Michael J. From here forward, but give him heat because he supported Donald Trump. The fuck out of here. In other news, well, WWE has canceled Talking Smack. The move, which will no doubt upset fans, will see the yeah. show move from a weekly show to a post-pay-per-view broadcast. WWE issued the following statement. We continuously review WWE's network programming lineup based on the variety of factors, including viewership and subscribing research. Talking Smack and Raw Talk will air following pay-per-view events, and Tuesday will continue to feature 205 Live. This past week's episode featured John Cena in a final weekly episode. Since launching in August 2016, the show has produced many memorable moments, moments, including The Miz and Daniel Bryan arguing and Baron Corbin's meltdown. Yeah, that's all. The Miz has to take the cake, in my opinion, for Talking Smack, best segment that I have ever heard. It really probably was the one thing that launched his career back to where it is now. Yep. In other news. Ryback revealed on the latest episode of his podcast, Conversation with the Big Guy. He was originally scheduled to face the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 30. Really? And I quote, Mark Carano actually had showed me the WrestleMania card early. They kind of had an idea of what they wanted to do, obviously, ahead of time. And they had on it Ryback versus the Ultimate Warrior. I said, cool. But I'm ahead of time. It was during my heel days. And the first one, you know, where it probably wasn't going to be a fair position for me as far as all that. But I was excited because I figured it was his one last moment in WWE. So I thought it would be really cool. I didn't think I would necessarily be the right guy for that because I don't know anything about him. I didn't know what kind of shape he was in, if he could wrestle or not. But I 100% would have done it because, you know, I did everything they asked me to do. End quote. No other news. Dude, 
Without you just saying, feed me more, I thought Ryback was right in front of me. I worked hard on that. Wow. I worked hard on that. Wow. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you for noticing. You, I appreciate that. Wow. Thank you so much. Really feed me more. I wouldn't... Um, I expect you to pick up on that. Thank you so much. Wow. Know the news. Well, I don't know if I could follow that, but Matt Capitelli has shared an update on his health on his official Facebook page, revealing that he has brain cancer. His latest results which came back following his surgery, were not what he wanted to hear as he explained, update, diagnosis is in. I have a grade 4 glioblastoma multiforme, otherwise known as GBM. This is not the news I was looking forward to hearing or sharing, but it will in no way deter me from continuing my fight. Spinal Tap this Friday will determine if the cancer cells have spread to my spinal fluid. Monday is a follow-up with my team of doctors and will determine the treatment steps needed to beat this. Thanks to everyone on hashtag Team C-A-P-P. Question mark, question mark? Team Cap. Question mark, question mark? We wish Matt all the best in his future treatment and courage to beat this here at A Shot of Wrestling. In other news, I mean, you could have read that like you weren't reading it. You could have like said it from the heart. I mean, it's serious news. I had to give you my serious face. It was noted that on WWTV as of late, I don't know if you know this. This there is no longer any pyro for intros or superstar entrances. I have noticed actually. It became more noticeable during Brock Lesnar's Great Ball of Fire entrance as well as Neville's. Is there a reason? During a recent installment of the Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer stated the reason was that WWE no longer uses pyro was a cost-cutting effect. For programming. He also went on to say that the company simply feels Pyro is not needed for the wrestlers anymore. Here it is, Pyro. Rest in peace, Pyro. (laughs) All the news. Should should they be retired and put in the Hall of Fame? Just the Pyro? There we go. (laughs) Start the campaign. I think I found the the episode title for the show, Rest in Peace, Pyro. (laughs) Spoiler alert, Michael J. Putty. Former Ring of Honor world champion Kyle O'Reilly just made his WWE... NXT debut. Now, at this week's TV tapings at Full Sail University, he got right to action in his debut with a match against Alistair Black, which should air on August 2nd. There's a lot of indie guys. Now, I have to digress a little bit about this because there's a lot of indie guys making deals with the WWE, a lot of them coming up. A lot of them debuting in NXT. And we go into talking about the Raw roster. How dense in talent it is. How much talent is there. And then we just hear about Austin Aries getting released. And we hear about many other possible releases in the near future. Is this like formula for professional wrestling. The formula that, that I guess Paul Levesque is creating. Really beneficial to the product. Like bringing up so much indie talent, which I'm excited about. Don't get me wrong, but so much so quickly. I mean, it, it's kind of scary. If if I was a talent in the WWE, I yeah, I want to be confident with my own craft, but at the same point, I, I would be terrified of all the newcomers trying to take my spot. Same thing in any sport. Every year there's a draft. There's minor leagues. Same thing in any sport. You get used to it. Who do you think is on their way out based on a lot of the new signings coming up? Probably half the people in NXT, which I don't watch, so I can't name any names. I don't... No names come to mind, offend. 
Oh, Enzo Amore. Oh. Um, you can see him gone from, from the Raw roster? Yeah. The roster in general. Uh, Rhino? Unless, unless it's switch him Rhino to the, and uh, uh, Cruiserweights. Keith Slater? Keith Slater? Keith Slater's going to stay. Rhino probably can go. I can go back to uh, TNA. See, it's hard. As we're listening to, to the Bobby Roode glorious do- domination, I mean, obviously, he's going to be an up-and-coming superstar going into the main roster. Yep. But then, by his coming up, that's a spot that someone has to take away. You know? Mm-hmm. You, you look at Dolph Ziggler. You, you, I mean, if it wasn't for the Mistarage, you look at someone like Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel. Like, they would be on that list of, like, going away. Yeah, thank God. So... I don't know, man. I don't know if this is really best for business, though I am happy to see the new signings in other news. And finally tonight, according to reports, WWE recently filed for a new trademark in relation for Brie and Nikki Bella. Another Bella show is coming, folks, called Bella Appetit. (laughs) It will focus on cooking, food, recipes, restaurants, bars, travel, travel, health, fitness, and nutrition. They continue to build the Bella brand. Yeah, that's cool for them, huh? Good you for watch? them. I bet you watch. I probably will. Yeah, you like that shit. Yeah. I like the Bellas. Um, I'm a brief fan, though. That's all I got. Let's uh, refill the drinks after this segment. Uh, whew, definitely need one. <laughs> well, the, the women had a lot to say. I have to say. A lot to say. Uh, we'll be right back. A shot of wrestling presents Raw and SmackDown here and here. All right. Um, do you have to talk about Raw? I mean, it was the better show. Oh, okay, so, I mean, you should talk about Raw. And here it goes. Oh, Let me tell you what happened. Uh, I'm a cheer. The rivalry between Balor and Samson, the fact that there was a nice match to go along with it. You know, you talked about this about SmackDown, Michael J. Putty. You like the new matchups. You like newness. And I think you should agree with me that this is a cheers for Monday Night Raw. Elias Samson, a newcomer. I would. Finn Balor, relatively new because he just came back from injury. Figured you would. Creating a new match. Heal that because that should have been on Great Balls of Fire. No, no. I'm very happy that they saved it. It, it was a raw match. I mean, if you look at the Great Balls of Fire card, it, w- it was so much. It, w- it was like Night of Champions. Like, all the titles were up for grabs. Okay. And did all the heels win? Like, I feel like all the, it was a heel event. Is Brock Lesnar a heel? Brock Lesnar is a heel. Okay. Uh, is he? I think so. I thought so. Samoa Joe was a heel in that one. No, I think, I think Lesnar was a heel. Um, uh, 
While we're talking about heels, I got a heel. The no build to Tozawa pinning Neville in his tag match with him. Now, we saw it at the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view, and, and he was telling Titus O'Neil, you know what you need to do? You need to get me another match. That's my best Tozawa impersonation. But he was telling... I'll give you pointers. That goes my right back. <laughs> he was telling O'Neal he, he, need, he needed another match. And what I think needed to happen in this storytelling of this match is O'Neal should have been like, listen, you lost at Great Balls of Fire. I can't go to the powers of B and say, grant my client a match. The only way I could do that is if you go and fight your battle for yourself, you pin Neville. Given me the opportunity to say, listen, my client, Pin Neville, he deserves a rematch for the Cruiserweight Championship. That's what needed to happen. That's the storytelling that I'm looking forward to. So I had to heal that whole uh, match, that whole segment. I'm a cheers, a glimpse of the broken gimmick, the return of it at least. Um, You saw the Hardys coming together and saying that they may be obsolete that they may feel a little broken after great balls of fire pay-per-view and uh it was just enough for me to feel like yes there could be light at the end of the tunnel uh i also enjoy the revival making a statement by attacking the hardys a great tag team to try to hopefully build a feud between them that makes the Hardys be broken. Going back to a heel. I gotta heal the uh, predictability of the big show interrupting big cast. You want that big feud? <laughs> I, I don't. It, it, it was very predictable. In fact, my wife was walking in and she saw me chuckle at what was going on. And she's like, why are you laughing? I'm like, this is so freaking predictable. And she's like, yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. I predicted it uh, four episodes ago. Yeah, and 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 she was like, "So, five, six. And then I was like, "You know what? You're right. Why do I care if it's predictable or not? It still is great for the big show, who did this for Braun Strowman. He put the new guys over. You know, mm-hmm. Big Show has the veteran coming in and doing a veteran job and putting the new guys over. And he's going to do it for Big Cass. He did a great job for Strowman. The matches that they had on Monday Night Raw." The ring breaking and, and news that they set, I think it's great for Big Cass. Did Big Show ever face somebody called Big something? Kali, Big Kali. That's great, Kali. Um, that was the first big big feud, right? <laughs> the big square feud. Yeah. I don't think everyone big. Yeah, great point, Michael J. Um, my last cheers for the oh evening is uh, Joe and Lesnar exchange. And you could totally see that Reigns... What about Roman Reigns? Uh-huh. No. See, because you could completely see when Joe and Lesnar get into it, Reigns does not deserve to be anywhere near this situation. I disagree with that. Joe and Lesnar owned each other in their own right, and Reigns just sat back, relaxed, because he had nothing to contribute. I love the line when... when um, uh, Paul Heyman was telling Joe how much he did not deserve to get another rematch. And then Joe turned it around and said, you hear that, Brock Lesnar? Listen to that. It's your advocate. Your advocate is trying to protect you from me by saying I don't deserve a match. And that is is it's exactly what what a good man on the mic does. When he told Brock Lesnar, look at me when I'm talking to you. Money. Money. 
So why do you disagree? Why do you think uh, Reigns... I think uh, he held his own. I think he did a good job. Uh, he made a good point that, yeah, he lost, but he's the one he'll still here. We're, we're I'm sure that was Roman. written down for him somewhere. I'm sure he had that shit was written down for everybody. You, even when, when Joe said, look at me, I thought it was real. Oh, good for you. Uh, my final heel of the, of the evening, and maybe you could agree with me on on this one, Michael J. Um, women not not used properly on on, on Monday Night Raw. I've been saying that now, for a while now. Compared to SmackDown, like there is no no women's influence in in, in the uh, on Raw. You, Oops, my bad. You look at SmackDown, you see everything that they're doing in SmackDown, but. Hopefully they they should be doing that on Raw. I mean the roster. You have Alexa Bliss. You you have Mickey James. You you have Bailey. I mean there's so the roster is so good. You know the uh, I read today that the rumor match was supposed to be Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax at SummerSlam. Alexa Bliss. Okay. That they're going to make it to a four way. Could it be possible? Yeah, I think it's possible in WWE. Mm. Isn't that what they always say? Well, let's get to the B show then. Um, NXT. <laughs> no, just being a dick. Not, not for nothing. I think NXT probably is the A show at this point, um, and Raw and SmackDown are like the B and C show. Um, should we start cheers and healing NXT? Maybe. I think we should cut the Raw and SmackDown completely out of the show. Definitely Raw, and just and just go. Well, we did it. NXT. We, we, we cut SmackDown out. Wait, when we first started. Yeah. So we should do that with Raw. I think we should just go NXT all uh, the way. Raw uh, after SmackDown. episode seventy-five. SmackDown was a good show. Uh, wasn't the best, so my cheers and heels are a little thin. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mad enough to admit that up front. I had to uh, try my best here to okay. make it work. All right, so I apologize. I That's because last week. No, last week was a great show, but this past week was not that great. We're gonna cheers AJ Styles, um, talking about making the U.S. title more prestigious because it's never been prestigious. It's always been the third ranked title, right? No one cares about the U.S. title. No, no. one cared. Unless was, uh, was, John was, Cena or AJ Styles are holding it, yeah, even when John Cena had a open, U.S. Open match, uh, title matches were good. But the U.S. U.S. Championship is not as prestigious as the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe AJ Styles can do something with that. Maybe I have to say I love the American flag on the T-shirt that AJ Styles. Yeah, that was wearing. cool. Nice I, it's been a while since I have actually invested in a WWE T-shirt because I have the hot, fresh off the presses shot of wrestling tee that just came in. But um, I may have to invest my $25 and get myself a new AJ Styles shirt. Or they're having monster sales all the time. Yeah, maybe... Uh, Just buy one, get one. It's $5, $10, You know what? On the next buy one, get one, I'll get an AJ Styles and a Carmella shirt. Okay, that's cool. Nice. I'm going to heal Jinder Mahal. Appearing 20 minutes into the show. Way too early for him. He's not even at the top of the hour. Hmm. 8.20, he walks out? Get the mm. fuck out of here. He should be at 9 o'clock. His time if not is up. Ten. His time is up. Um, there was so an expiration date on that milk carton, my friend. Side cheers. Mahal getting the victory cleanly with no Singh Brother interruption. About time. They're on their way out. They're going to, to TNA. Uh, Heel, why is Ty Dillinger getting a match with the U.S. Ginger Mahal? What the fuck has he done to earn ring time with the WWE champion? Agreed. Nothing. Those are the holes in the creative team that week after week get exposed. Something happened right after the draft that we really enjoyed. That when the when the creative team was paying attention to the details, 
and they were referencing a lot of the old things that were going on, and we really enjoyed that. And all of a sudden now they're, they're just getting weak, they're getting lazy, you know. But here we go. Oh, I'm gonna cheers for you, just for me. Sammy Zane getting smacked with that vase by Mike Canellis. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, Sammy Lane. The Sammy character is a little annoying. Uh, from, he is, isn't he? I'm glad to see him finally. He's like um, the Urkel of WWE, man. I'm glad to see Mike Canellis actually do something, though. Actually, quote unquote, get involved physically. Mm. Do, you know do you know anything about Mike Canellis? I don't know anything about him, really. I know that he's a beast. But uh, so I'm looking forward to see where things go. And unfortunately for him, his first view was Sammy Zayn. I mean, Sami Zayn is a is is yeah. a good was a good name at one point. I think he, uh, Sami Canales Zayn wins though. May need to go back to NXT and revitalize his character there. No, I think I think he's got something here. Just gotta, really, he's got to find the right spot. It's, it's this is not it. I mean, we were saying this when he was on Raw. Like Raw was not the right spot to him, and then we were so happy that he went to SmackDown. I, w- I was not happy he went to SmackDown. Really? I wanted to stand. I didn't want him on SmackDown because I knew this would happen. Damn. I wanted him to separate from Kevin Owens. To come nah, yeah, and then they brought them both together. Jeez, you're now right. It's the same shit. Now they're, now they're in the matches. They're going to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Same whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheers to the building tension even further between Mojo Raleigh and Zack Ryder. Uh, now maybe 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 Mojo will be the heel here. I'm, I'm curious to see what this plays I'm, out. I think Mojo is going to be the pet project of 2017 for the SmackDown brand. You know how last year it was um, Baron, Corbin. Baron Corbin? Yeah, totally. This year, but Baron Mojo. Corbin started earlier. He won the Battle Royal at WrestleMania, and he had and some. So then Mojo, Mojo no, won yeah, the Battle but, Royal. But then Mojo sat on the benches for two months, three months. Hmm. Baron Corbin went out of the gates hot, brought the trophy down, getting matches. I mean, it could just be a different approach, but the outcome could be the same. And final cheers. You know, I wouldn't be a cheers and heels without mentioning the fashion files. Hmm. Uh, this segment wasn't that great this week, hmm. but the end. The fashion X Files. <laughs> the truth is not H. <laughs> that was great. That's that stuff like that's comedy gold. Where do you see the fashion files going? Is it just Nowhere. comic relief? Yes, that's it. Just comic relief. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to compare it to something. But I couldn't. I, I know what I can compare it to, but I can't think of what it was. It's just not nothing. It's like uh, what's his name, Ms. Dow. Okay. When he came out. It was dresses, just and it dresses was over. everybody. Mm-hmm. It was not going anywhere. It was just comic foil, which happened to like uh, strike lightning, and maybe something will happen here. Maybe something will happen here. All right. I doubt it, but I don't care because I'm very entertained by it. <laughs> I like Fandango, so at least he's on TV doing something. Fandango just recently did a, a, a WWE.com tattoo uh, thing. Tattoo thing. Yeah, that, yeah. that was really interesting because you rarely see his tattoos because of his trunks and stuff. Yeah. He's tatted up, like, from the waist down. Yeah. He, the, Weird. It's a backstage seggy. Maybe when he did the romp hymns. But I noticed it for the things. Uh, yeah, it's weird. You don't see it. Like you said, it's wearing tight pants. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Jinx, buy me a Coke. How are the ratings? Um, yeah, you tell me. I was raw. That's your show, right? I think uh, this week, growing off the great balls of fire pay-per-view, I think they must have been high. Give me a number. I, mean, I don't know. Why I realized. I don't know. Why I'm getting ratings for your show because 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 you're the man. You're the producer. You you, you do all the heavy lifting. WG three point zero zero nine, which is up from wow. last week's two point eight three nine. <laughs> Raw was number four in viewership for the night, falling behind the home run derby. 
the Derby pre-show, and the, the celebrity softball game. Raw was number six, though, in the 18 to 49 demographic behind the Home Run Derby, softball game, love and hip hop, and the Derby post game, and basketball wives. Basketball wives. Raw has I mean, to be a pretty uh, shitty show. Back. Basketball wives is maybe it was the season premiere. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. You know but what that was we should six, do? That's a new low, though. They don't. They never really been in the bottom. Yeah, that's nice. There's a three in front of the the numbers in the. Yeah, ratings, I guess so. that's all know? they care about. That's all they care. I think maybe we should get uh, Lady J and Erica. Have have them review Love and Hip Hop. Yeah, please. Uh, I need to know what the hell's going on. I need to know what's. Well, why are they? Oh no, basketball wives. Maybe. But lots of Love and Hip Hop was like one of those. Like Flavor of Love type shows, where it's like a dating game, like The Bachelorette, was it? No, it's not. That's what I thought I it was. I thought it was so. the chick from Flavor Flav show. Is she on it? No, that's what. Oh, I that's what we were just thinking. I forgot her name, but someone like like something from that New type York? of show. Like it was Love. New York, yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. But, She's nasty. She's a ratchet ass bitch. Yeah, your type. I love it. Smackdown drew at 2.465 million, which is up from 6% from last week's 2.3. 9.2 million viewers. SmackDown was number three in viewership for Falling Behind Hannity, Rachel Maddow, and is number one in the 18 to 49 demographic. That's good for them. Yeah, you ready to go home? You want something else? Well, Michael J. Putty, there is something that we are very excited to bring back to a shot of wrestling. It's games with Michael J. Putty. Oh, you changed the name, huh? <laughs> you, you're not a hateful man anymore. Never was. So, so. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? It's games with Michael Hades. Awesome! I came to I play to play. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. Michael J. Putty, we are back here, and we have games. We're playing some fun games. Our inbox at a shot of wrestling, our hotline was fielded with so many calls this week, and we finally got one person, one lucky person, to get that new brand spanking new, fresh out of the oven, shot of wrestling t-shirt. We have Havoc on the line. Havoc, are you there, my man? I am here. Awesome. And I'm ready to play. I'm ready to win. You're ready to win. Now, let me tell you, we have a very interesting game here tonight. It's never been played before. It's special just for you. You're a Wheel of Fortune fan, right? I am. All right. So this is going to be Wheel of Badassness. So we literally went straight into the lightning round, all right, where we get to play the phrase, the phrase part of the show, the good part. Now, Obviously, he's not a Wheel of Fortune fan. It's not called the lightning round. <laughs> Oh what, what is it called, Michael J? Are you, are you a Wheel of Fortune fan? Let's, let's move on. <laughs> what are your favorite wrestlers, Havoc? I love Seth Rollins. I love Punk. I love Edge. Punk. Can I go, can I go New Japan on you? Oh, shit. Who do you like in New Japan right now? Go for it. Oh, man, you already know. Okada, Omega, mm. The Bullet Club. I love them all, man. 
Yo, it's getting really hot over there with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and the Bullet Club. Um, I don't. Do you think it will be even worthwhile to be signing any of those talents and bringing them over to the E, or do you think they're better off over there? I think they're better off over there I because agree. you're limited on what you could do in the E. I totally agree. I mean, you you brought and- over Andy, and, and they're not doing anything over here. Balor, we thought there was going to be a resurrection of the Bullet Club with that, or even AJ when he came over, and it didn't happen. So. I'm convinced. The Bullet Club needs to stay away from the E because nothing good could come from it. All right, so you mentioned CM Punk. CM Punk's been making some news lately. People be thinking that he may be coming back. Do you see that coming into the future? I mean, every time WWE has had a problem with any talent, whether it be in 5 or 10 or 20 years, it ends up getting resolved. And maybe he'll come back for one more match in, like, 2020 who knows or maybe he'll come back on raw that motherfucker better get his wrestlemania main event match that's all i'm saying that's 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 got to sweeten the deal along with a big payday for him to come back you're also a big seth rollin mark so the way we play wheel of badassness please explain let me let me explain to you michael j putty you're gonna ask some questions all right there is going to be a category. It's going to be all about Seth Rollins. All right. Michael J. Putty is going to ask you five questions, giving you five opportunities to guess letters in this categories, which is name. Okay. It's a okay. name that we're looking for. So if you answer all these five questions correct, you'll be able to give five letters for this, fra- for this category name at the end of this round. And what do you win? You just gotta end, gotta get one of these correct, and you get a new shot of wrestling t-shirt. And not only that, two tickets to the tier one wrestling event coming to Brooklyn, New York on July the 28th. No way. Michael J, take it away. Are you ready? I am ready. Number one, at what age did Seth Rollins start wrestling? 16? Final answer? He's yeah, seven. yeah, final answer. 16. 14. Very close, though. Very close. Incorrect. 14. Moving on to the next one. Before Seth Rollins became a household name in the WWE, what name did he go by in the indies? In fact, Rollins actually made his debut using this name on a SmackDown taping. Tyler Black. All right. Final answer, Jeez. I'm excited here. I guess that's your final answer. <laughs> ah! All right, let's check Greenman's microphone off. Next question. Yes. All right, so you got one. Rollins had many offers on the table before he joined the WWE, including contract offers from Ring of Honor and TNA. What WWE superstar convinced him to join the Ooh, WWE? Oh, Michael J., I know this one. I know this one. All right, I'm turn in. <laughs> Go ahead, Havoc. Oh, man. Man, I feel like I should know it. You should know uh, this. I should People, if you're listening out there, there's no lifelines, but if you knew the answer before Havoc did, dial it up, 619-343-3005. Or text your answer. John Laurinaitis. Final answer. Yeah, final answer. Ooh, Evan Bourne. Ooh, Hail Mary Pass failed on that one, Havoc. Huh. All right, so you're uh, one for three here. How many letters does he get? One? Right. He's, he's right. got one, one guess. He's got two more chances, though. I believe in you, Havoc. You got this. Seth Rollins became only the third superstar in history to capture the WWE Championship and what other title? The United States title. All right, uh, there's more to this question. Thank you for cutting me off. Oh. <laughs> so I won't accept that answer. There's <clears throat> more? Rollins is one of only three WWE superstars that hold this distinction. The other two are CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Now you can answer United States if you want. <laughs> <laughs> can you repeat the 
question one more time. Seth Rollins became only the third superstar in history to capture the WWE Championship and what other title? The only other two men to hold this distinction are CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. How in the hell do I not know? I didn't say it was going to be easy, but if and when you do win a t-shirt, you could wear it with pride because it's not an easy game you're playing. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and Seth Rollins, all three of them held the WWE Championship and this. Uh, when you mention the WWE title, are, when, when Rollins won, Talk it through, yeah, go are ahead. you talking about the WWE title and the World Heavyweight title as in one? Uh, yes, same belt, the, the main heavyweight championship. Talk oh, it out, man. talk it out. It doesn't have to be a WWE title. Oh, it doesn't have to be a WWE title. No, expand oh. your horizons, think about it. Oh, oh, Ring of Honor, world title. Oh, final answer. Pure title? Ooh, talk it out, keep... Oh, wait. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Can it be a Ring of Honor title? Um, I asked the questions here. <laughs> Is that your final answer? I'm going to go with the Ring of Honor world title. So that's your final that's an- my final answer. Locking it in. That's correct. Correct. <laughs> two for two. two. Assist to the green man on that one. Finally, here we go. True... Or false, Seth Rollins was told 90 minutes before he cashed in the Money in the Bank contract at WrestleMania 31 that he was going to win the title. 50-50 chance right here. Easy. Easy peasy. Man, man, I'm going to go. I'm going to go true. Locking it in. Final answer. True. Final answer, man. Oh, that's correct. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. All right. So that is three letters that you get to include in this category, which is name. What are those three letters you're going to give us? Three letters. So far, you have blank, blank, L, blank, blank, space, L, blank, blank, E, blank. You got this. I'm going to Bo-Leave. <laughs> that's right. Bo-Leave. How about a... Uh... How about the letter A? Okay, A. Two more. L and E are in there already, but we gave you R, S, T, L, N, N, E. So don't use those letters. Don't use those. That is correct. Thank you, Michael J. An I. Okay. One last letter before I reveal what you got correct or wrong. How about the letter B? The letter B. Havoc. One out of these three letters are part of this name. So you now have blank blank L B blank space L O blank E blank. It's a name. The category is name. Name. Oh my god. Can I get a hit? <laughs> it's <laughs> a name. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking too hard. It could be possible. Do you know Seth Rollins' real name? Havoc, I thought you were a Rollins mark. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I can hear him typing it into his Google search engine right now. I know now. it. I know it, I know it, wait, I know wait, it, man. Wait for Google. Wait what for is Google. it? I know the correct answer. What's the answer? Stalling for time. I got yeah. a slow computer today. I got a lot of traffic. A lot of web traffic today. A Colby Lopez. Congratulations, Havoc. You got a brand new Shadow Wrestling t-shirt. Now we're going to send you to our receptionist. She's going to take all your details, and we'll be sending that out right quick with those Tier 1 Wrestling tickets. Make sure you wear the Shadow Wrestling shirt to the show. Got it? I will definitely, <laughs> I will definitely be wearing your shirt at the show. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. Hold on one second. All right, buddy, time for Go Home Thoughts. That's right. We've been chilling here with the ladies at the SOW Studios, the studios of Omega. That, that's that's what it's all about. And, um, yeah, we've been taking some shots, so we're a little loose now. Uh, 
Um, so go home thoughts, Michael J. What you got? Not much. Not much at all. <laughs> looking forward, looking forward to our week in wrestling. We have a five borough wrestling show coming up this Thursday on July 20th with our boy, Mike Verna, which breaking news, Mike Verna will be joining us on episode 74 of a shot of wrestling. So we are very excited to get some details, get to know Mike Verna on a personal level, the man of steel, Mike Verna, Michael J. Putty. Anything else? It's next Thursday. Not this Thursday. Not this Thursday. This Thursday? Off air. Let me go. (laughs) There's one thing that we... There's one thing that we have been waiting to the end of this show to talk about. The hotline has pretty much overbooked itself. Like, if you were trying to call and leave a message, it might have told you that, you know, maybe uh, it it was overflowing and with messages. Get it together. Finish uh, too many shots of wrestling, Erica. Uh, you've been you've been smoking up in the Omega Studios too much. I mean, come on. Uh, could I just have a few shots for myself? No. Okay. So, final thoughts as we're bringing it to a close. Last week on episode seventy-two, we had a rap battle between Michael J. Putty and Green Fizzle, and um, it came down to a tie when we ta- counted all the texts and the votes. It was a tie, and. Um, so we need we need a deciding factor. Yeah, recount. On so that so uh, Erica and Lady J are in the house to decide who is the winner of episode seventy two shot of wrestling rap battle between Michael J Putty and Green Fizzle. Ladies, take it away. Any thoughts? You've you've heard it. Yeah, let, let, we've got thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Maybe they're not ready to decide who won, so l- no, let me hear your ready, thoughts. No, we're ready to decide, but we have plenty of thoughts. So give us your let's, thoughts. First. Let's start out with great effort, Green Man. <laughs> green Fizzle. However, the concept. You suck. The concept. That's, con- <laughs> That's good. Okay. The content was not you there. You're awful. <laughs> Ladies, what are, you, what are you doing to me? So you you might have a flow, have but flow. it's it's flow for show. Did he? Yeah, but so so does a period. It doesn't oh. make it good. <laughs> Talk about who got lines up in yeah. this bitch. You got a new entrance, huh? Shit! Wow, we got a couple haters. Now Michael J. Putty, that's what you go by here, right? Yeah, okay. and everywhere else. So um, he may not have a rhythm, but he definitely had much better lyrics. Thank you. He had bars. That's right. Oh, bars. That's right. All right, ladies. So chime in. The winner of episode 72 rap battle is? Hands down. No question about it. Michael, Michael J. J. Putty. Thank you, ladies. I, I, I swear. Thank you, ladies. You guys forgot who got you drunk here tonight? S'mores. <laughs> that, that was a killer line. You definitely had rhythm, but that was literally all you had. Well, well, I'm well, I'm Hispanic, so I, yeah, we had I, I was born with rhythm. Or so. rhyme? He didn't rhyme anything. Spanish? Yo hablo español. Yo hablo completamente español. Press Zap <laughs> on your iPod to translate that. Yo hablo completamente tampoco. <laughs> Off the rails here. Let's get it back on track. Um, this is a wrestling podcast. Point. That's yeah, right. Okay, sorry. 
Um, you sucked, and, and Michael kicked your ass. Thank you. I did kick your ass. I told him that. He didn't believe me. Excuse me. Three times. <laughs> oh. That's a, no, no. I feel like the first one was a tie. Unanimous. I, I, I thought I, I, I mean. Unanimous decision. I'll take it. I, I, I had a good flow. I had a good flow. Thank you. I appreciate that. See, well, now he's not giving you the mic anymore. <laughs> well, if you want to follow us at A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram or Shot of Wrestling, no A on Twitter. This show is from the fans and to the fans, and this is your forum to discuss your thoughts. Have fun with it, and who knows, your thoughts could be part of next week's show. To be part of the conversation, dial it up, 619-343-3005. And for more information or to be a sponsor of the show, email us at inbox at com. Michael J. Putty, that's it for you. Congratulations. That's I my mean, battle champion, Michael J. Putty. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, my friend. I owe you a beer. Yeah. All right. So I'll, uh, I go enjoy my victory. For Erica, Lady J, Greenman, I'm your host, Michael J. Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Adios. Hold on one more second. It's not quite yet time to go home. Uh, Greenman, I just ordered up another round of shots. All right. MJP, while we have Matthew Ryan Shapiro here, these are rapid-fire questions, Mr. Shapiro. Are you ready? I was born ready, pal. Well, here we go. What is your favorite song to rock out to? More recently, it's the theme song to the truck, R.I.P. by Childish Gambino and Bun B. Nice. Other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? I'm I'm fairly I'm fairly entrenched in the world of professional football. I am a huge football fan, followed closely by hockey and baseball. Nice hockey guy too. Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Ric Flair or Harley Race. Nice. Are you an ass man or a boob man? Hmm. None of the damn business. <laughs> Pleading the fifth. What is your favorite food? Let's see. A medium rare steak, a whiskey, and a baked potato. Man's man right here. Who is the greatest manager of all time? It's like trying to pick my favorite stooge. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, It's Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan is the template for what every professional wrestling manager should be, but if you're building in Mount Rushmore, it's Bobby Heenan, Paulie Dangerously, Jim Cornette, and Gary Hart. Mm, very nicely built there. Very nice, yeah. What is the top item of things to do on your bucket list? Madison Square Garden. Ooh. And I will hope to see you there. That has been the extra round of shots here on A Shot of Wrestling. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody.